Welcome to Study Buddy, meditation philosophy for the heart of your practice. This is a live online discussion of ancient yogic texts amongst meditation practitioners in the Shambhavananda yoga tradition. My name is Acharya Satyam, I'm a resident teacher at Konalani Yoga Ashram in Hawaii, and I welcome you with love and respect. Hello everyone, namaste, welcome. It feels like it's officially the beginning of the holiday season. I feel like things are, I can, it can feel it in the air and it, there's a little bit of a theme to today's class. Uh, we have an audience behind me here, this is Kayla, I'm kidding, but it's funny she's sort of half in the picture. Um, cool, so it's great to have everyone here. Tonight we are going to talk about the Shiva's Masquerade Party. Shiva. Oh, yay. Shiva's Masquerade Party, which is happening all around us, not just this weekend, but every weekend, weekday uh, of our lives. Um, it's basically the work of our practice is to discover Shiva behind the mask. And this sutra in particular uh, sort of asks us, gives us these sort of openings to say, hey, you're going to get fooled by Shiva. No one doesn't get fooled by Shiva. Um, but when you're able to pull yourself back to center after being fooled, that's how you grow. So it's a very familiar topic for those of us, you know, in the Shambhavananda tradition. This is something we're so blessed to have be a strong part of our practice. Um, but tonight we're going to look at it through the sutras lens. So before we jump into that, of course, Let's get centered in our body and our breath. I'm going to pass the camera over here to Abaya. Hi, everybody. So great to see you. Special shout out to Annapurna and Tara. I know it's challenging for both of you to make it to this slot, so it's um, extra special to be here with you. <laughs> and Tara's daughter. Hi. <laughs> um, so we'll start with a little bit of gentle movement so we can find that lovely um, state of effortless effort in our physical body. And so from whatever seated position you are in, um, gently close the eyes if that feels comfortable and just notice your breath. And notice how your breath intersects with the edges of your physical body. So that gentle stretching on the inhalation and softening on the exhalation. And we're gonna play a little game. Imagine you are an inflatable raft and as you exhale, ever so gently and ever so evenly, just start to deflate just a little bit. You shouldn't feel this in any single joint, just like a softening, an overall softening in your whole raft body. And then as you inhale, allow your raft to inflate evenly so you float a little taller. There's a little more space through all the joints. 
And repeat this a few times at your own pace. Each exhale helps you soften and evenly deflate. There shouldn't be any strain anywhere as you do this. And each inhale allows you to weightlessly float and expand. And depending on um, your constitution and our unique samskaras, you might tend towards overdoing it or underdoing it. And try to find that place of equal balance where you don't slouch too much on the exhale and you don't overextend too much on the inhale. Perhaps this means your movements get a little smaller, slower, subtler. And the next time you inflate with the breath, just pause at the top and notice any sense of spaciousness. And without losing your spacious posture, exhale and just soften, just land in that position. Take a couple of breaths here, allowing each breath to help you maintain spaciousness as well as maintaining that feeling of relaxing. And let's gently slow, uh, float the arm. And allow the shoulders to be soft. Bend the elbows a little bit. Imagine your arms are like floating on the surface of a nice calm ocean. Yeah, so they just buoy upward and float down. And then pause as they float down and feel that landing of the shoulders onto the rib cage. If it's comfortable, the arms can extend a little bit more. I know you can't see my right hand, but turn your right hand up and slowly reach to the right. And then inhale, slowly come back to center and you'll move with your own breath. Each exhale, you'll flip the right palm and reach to the right. So I tricked Satyam, he's switching it up, but <laughs> we're going a few times to the same side. And as you exhale and the palm flips, imagine that raft, that even reaching, so you don't notice it. Oh, this is like a kumbaya moment <laughs> right here. Um, if you've got someone next to you, you can use them <laughs> for some support. Otherwise, Shiva can be your support. And the next time you reach out and over to the side, um, Flip the left palm up and just slowly lengthen the left side of the body. Let the right hand either float or if you're close to the earth or your chair, the right fingertips content. And let's just take one raft breath here. So the inhale expands you evenly in all directions. The exhale softens. Now on your own time, inhale, find that 
buoyancy, slowly float up to center, and we'll just do the same thing on the other side. So now you can see my hand. Um, so both hands face down. Uh, I don't know if that will work <laughs> this time. Flip the left hand, and with each exhale, you'll reach over to the left, and then the inhale, the hand can flip down, and you just come to center. Take a couple of reaches. If the shoulders ever get tired, bend the elbows a little bit. See if you can do less work, right? Less effort. And the next time you reach over, pause there. Flip the right palm up as well. Let the left hand float down. And slowly let the whole right side of the body inflate. So it's not just the arm. It's not just the rib cage. It's all the way down to the right hip. And the exhale, everything softens, just like 1% to 5%, not very much. And then the inhale, everything expands. And gently float up. Float the arms down into the lap. See if face up feels comfortable. And just take a couple more of those raft breaths, allowing the inhale to inflate you ever so softly. Allow the exhale to gently melt away any tension. Feel the shoulder girdle just land on the rib cage evenly. And from this balanced state, we will go into our philosophy class. I'll hold it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Ooh. Okay. Okay. Oh, darn. Thank you for the, yes, got it. I'm back now. Sorry about that. Let's give this one a shot. It's, it's a big one. Um, Sutra 3.2 far. And special shout out to Shoshone, who is um, on audio only tonight because of their Wi-Fi's down. Um, so, Hope this is going well for you, Shoshone. So here we go. Um, matra, matra, swapratya, swapratya, yasamdane, yasamdane, nastasya, nastasya, puna, puna, Rutanam, Rutanam, Matra Swapratya, Matra Swapratya, Yasamdane Nastasya, Yasamdane Nastasya, Puna Rutanam, Puna Rutanam, and just for fun, the whole thing, here we go. Matra Swapratya Yasamdene Nastasya Punarutanam. Wow, incredible. Great job. When a yogi, in coming out from samadhi, also attempts to maintain awareness of God consciousness in the objective world, then, even though their real nature of self is destroyed by the inferior generation of self-consciousness, they again rise in that supreme nature of the self. Take your time with that. Because we have one audio caller, I'm, I'm, Shoshone, I'm just going to read it one more time out loud. When a yogi, in coming out from samadhi, 
also attempts to maintain awareness of God consciousness, then, even though their real nature of self is destroyed by the inferior generation of self-consciousness, they again rise in that supreme nature of the self. So before we jump in to the details of the sutra, I just want to take a moment to say thanks everyone for being here and that, you know, ultimately I hope that this class serves to deepen your meditation practice at every moment of it. Um, I feel like Babaji's been very clear uh, these last couple of months about the role of philosophy in our practice. Um, it's essential. It's helpful. But there's something that our practice gives us that is so priceless and so valuable that we should never trade it in for a sentence or two or even for a whole book that what we are practicing as yogis and especially with the practices we've been given these empowered living practices um, we should always hold that at the forefront and let everything else we're studying merely add to it help clarify it but it's all icing and the cake is what you do and what you're working on and what you're practicing and what you were given by the tradition so take a moment <clears throat> and just tap into your heart with your breath for a moment this is your practice N none of us are perfect at it but this is very very real how you breathe, how you reach inside. You know, you should cherish that above all else and know that philosophy is literally only here to help show you what you've already been given, to help us practice what we've already been taught. And so at any moment in this class, you know, access your practice the real thing and let the sutras um, clarify it for you but know that what you do is is the most priceless sutra and so tonight in this sutra we see a very specific concept at play which is that Shiva is cloaked in our reality that we're constantly sort of falling for the masquerade of our life you go to work, everybody's wearing a certain costume. In your house, a certain costume. Even you, a certain costume every day. And when we get pulled out into this costume, we get pulled away from our center. Um, there is absolutely no doubt that this will occur um, repeatedly. This is the power of Maya. In the sutra it says, due to, the, due to God's energy of Maya, the minds of yogis are diverted by force towards worldly pleasure, pleasures and away from God consciousness. Uh, it, didn't, that, it did not mince words there. Uh, the minds of yogis are diverted by force towards worldly pleasures and away from their true nature. So uh, 
our work is not to somehow uh, figure this thing out um, in order to be done with it. Uh, we will be distracted. Um, those distractions are a part of this universe. You know, we don't know why, essentially. There are sutras that talk about this, but Shiva created Maya, an illusion that masks our true identity from us. And our work as yogis is to reveal our Shiva nature through our practice over and over and over again. But Maya is just as real as Shiva. It's all Shiva, right? So this is not like just a temporary illusion. It's real. It's a part of our life. In the previous sutra, we were taught that um, this, that Maya comes, uh, this illusion washes over us in a variety of ways. Uh, pretty interesting how many different ways it washes over us. Um, Anandama, could you read this quote for us? Um, just go ahead and unmute. Due to the impressions the yogi has of what, other thinks, of what others think of them or expect from them and of their wanting to help others to satisfy them with boons, the yogi may also lose their temper and become careless and uneven-minded, blocking their flow of God consciousness from the center of the three states of waking, dreaming, and deep sleep. So although they are aware of God consciousness in the beginning and in the end, they are played by this universe in the center, played by hunger, played by thirst, played by every aspect of daily life. Therefore, the one who desires to achieve the highest being should not be attached to these outer impressions. Thank you, Anandama. Take a moment, everyone, to reread that or to simply breathe with it. Gita, do you um, do you identify with any any aspects of this? Does anything in here sort of stand out to you as far as uh, you know losing our center in these ways? Is this is this alarming to you? <laughs> Actually, every single one of them. <laughs> Boy, when you're not paying attention, it's so easy to be pulled out. What I like the most about that made me feel a little better. It, the phrase, there are, the forces are strong. And so if you lose focus or haven't developed that uh, inner strength, it's easy to lose your center. Is anyone, uh, thank you, Gita. Absolutely. It's, it's almost like uh, if we don't, I mean, how could you, every single one of these we could go through and, and be like, yep, I remember the time when that got me or when that got me. Um, I remember the other week, Dharma was, was like, wow, these are like good qualities up here. Like, is that, you know, what's, what's up with that? With uh, how trying to help others can throw us off center. You know, that, that was a little bit, alarming to me when I read it. And as a Virgo, I fall for that one quite often. You know, I don't, isn't that what Virgos do? Or, or is it, 
what is it oh well i'm something that does that a lot a giver yeah <laughs> So, um, so we're getting pulled off center, right? We're getting pulled into the masquerade in these moments. And we have been taught, and I apologize if anybody just unmuted. Did, was there another comment? We good? Okay. Okay, cool. So we're taught to, to, uh, to apply great effort. Vimy, are you, um, can you read this one for us? Yeah. Cool. Supreme God consciousness should be sought with great effort in whatever is seen by the eyes, whatever is felt by speech, whatever is thought by the mind, whatever is perceived by the intellect, whatever is owned by limited ego, whatever is existing in the objective world, and whatever is not existing in the objective world. Thanks, Vimy. I know sometimes when we read, we, we don't gather all the information, but did, do you think they left anything out here? I don't think, I don't think the sutras missed anything there, especially with that last sentence of, oh, also everything that's not existing. Um, so, and not just any effort, but great effort. And basically, when you are encountering manifestation on every level, we're supposed to be seeking uh, God consciousness, or else what? We get pulled into the, into the illusion. And so it describes um, this concept. Uh, Kat, are you, can you uh, unmute and read this one for us? When their nature was snatched away by an inferior type of trance, they meditate thinking, this whole universe is one with myself and perceives the fullness of God consciousness in each and every object. Then again, they rise in their own nature. Thanks, Kat. So this is what I want to do a little free write on right here. Um, so according to the sutras, we get snatched away by an inferior trance. So what do you get snatched away by? What's your trance, right? Okay. And then from within that trance, we are supposed to meditate thinking, this whole universe is one with myself. This whole universe is one with myself. That might not be what you say, but I, and you don't even have to have a saying. This is our practice right here. This is like whatever we do in that moment. And that is what brings us back. And then we rise again. We rise up from the trance into, into our, a fuller experience of our true nature in that moment. So let's take a couple of minutes. And before we do, we're going to do like a, a free write, so have pen and paper ready. But I just want to establish an inner connection here. So free writing, we were talking about this at lunch today, is, is more like almost listening rather than it is talking. And that's what helps get you 
out of the thinking brain and into the feeling, into the, into the heart. And so just take a moment and just let your attention sink down into the heart. We've actually been doing philosophy for about 10 or 12 minutes now. So you've got plenty of information in there. You don't really have to hold on to it. And even in this one moment, how do you bring it back to the heart, right? At any given time, we are in, caught in an inferior trance. Even philosophy can be a trance. So how do you bring it back? And quite literally, how do you do that right now? How are you doing that? So as you're writing, don't let yourself get caught in that inferior trance of the words on the page. Try to stay connected to this experience in your heart. So take a few minutes on your own.
Um, I think you might be muted. Thank you. So many mute buttons on the screen. Okay, so what I said was, uh, I don't know how long ago I was muted. So we're done with time. <laughs> um, set the page down. Um, and then as Paul Reps once said, with calligraphy, you make a mark, and then you look at it. So go ahead and just look at it. What did you write? Underline something that works, something that really happened for you. And then let's drop a keyword in the chat box and start the discussion a little bit. Absorbed. Hey, here you go, go ahead and read them. Do you want to? Okay. Um, ocean. Space. Absorbed. I deeply wish to surrender. Forgiveness. Home. Gratitude. How did you type that over the phone? That's amazing. <laughs> Soft center. Practice. Ohm open. Awareness. Wish to grow and wish to strengthen trust. Pulling away. Excellent. Okay. So um, does anyone want to expand? I know that's one of those questions that sometimes gets the crickets. So I'm happy to call on someone. Does anyone want to expand on their comment on how they find that center again when they get lost in a dull trance? All right, Bob, and then Yogita. I was actually going to call on you, Yogita, so it's a good time. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, when you're when I'm sitting and I find uh, my uh, mind is uh, spinning off in some lower thing, some story I'm telling myself, uh, I bring my attention kind of inside up here uh, and I'm pointing to my head here and my attention moves backwards and slightly up and then I listen and then the sound I'm hearing expands and then I feel a reaction in my Anahata chakra, the unstruck sound. And once that happens, I just relax and let that expansion take me away. Thank you, Bob. 
Yeah, I, I feel like Babaji's also been talking about that space back here, the upper sort of back portion. What was the name of the, in the Tonka paintings, the orb? Mm. Nimbus. Nimbus. Nimbus, thank you. Yeah, the Nimbus, so similar, it feels similar to that space and that that allows you to find your heart afterwards. Thank you. Yogita? Well, I meant pulling away from the constant thoughts and out here. And I, I don't know why uh, everything out here becomes so important. I mean, what will happen tomorrow if I don't have my Halloween costume ready by three o'clock? I mean, you know, it's like things just flood in sometimes and you have to stop. And I was thinking about what pulled me away from these things is breathing and mantra. And sometimes I get up in the morning, I want to rush through my meditation so I can start doing all those things that have to be done. But one of these days, those things won't be there. And I just have to remind myself to stop and pull away from them through mantra and breath. Yeah, and my mind flashes to that part of the Bhagavad Gita, I think, when... Um... Ar Arjun is trying to get a is is trying to get a boon from Krishna and Krishna says when I open my eyes in the morning raise your hand if I'm telling this wrong if somebody wants to say it right <laughs> um, when I open my eyes tomorrow morning whoever I see first will get the boon and it was like Arjun and and uh, whoever the other I haven't read the story per se <laughs> I'm reading the Ramayana Bhagavad Gita is next okay so there's two people that wanted the boon and the one person who really wanted it rushed through their morning practice or skipped it all together in order to go to be at Krishna's bedside to be the first person that Krishna saw. And, but um, Arjun uh, chose to do his morning practice in its fullness uh, and then walk consciously to Krishna's abode. And uh, when Krishna's eyes opened, the timing was so impeccable that literally the walking in to the room caught Krishna's eye and ended up being the first person that, that he saw in that moment. Therefore, he got the boon. And so it was literally the practice of doing the morning practice that put him in the right place at the right time. And um, sometimes I do have to remind myself of that. It's like there's an unseen aspect to a lot of our interactions and exchanges that ends up being uh, the defining factor. You know, it's not always what we can manipulate that ends up making something go well. You know, sometimes it's these unseen qualities. I will say um, one more thing about this uh, practice that we're referring to tonight. It's um, something that I thought was pretty important about the ending of this sutra told us that even when you get pulled away from center, if you're working to regain your center, then you're not pulled away from center. So I'm going to pull up one more quote. 
And uh, Tara, are you in a position to read this one for us? Absolutely. Thanks. Thank you. Whenever the mind flows out, the yogi centers their consciousness on that one God consciousness because they feel the oneness of Shiva existing everywhere. If their mind moves here and there, even then it does not move at all because it moves in their own nature. Wherever they feel and experience the existence of the objective world, they feel and experience that the objective world is actually nothing but Shiva. Thank you. This is a big deal, I think. I think this is a really big deal. Because Maya is, though an illusion, uh, a part of reality. Like, so, it, but it's not the defining aspect of reality. You can be in your life, your mind can move, but you can still somehow through our practice have all that movement occurring within awareness and so we're as you know as often comes up we're not here to like destroy the mind that makes no sense it's a tool we're trying to learn how to use and that tool can be used within the scope of our true nature it's not separate from it I've got to share just a little something about uh, how this might have been illuminated for me in a, in a very, I'm going to call it a horizontal way, okay? This is a horizontal example. It's not quite the level I'm reaching for with my practice. But um, exercise and running and stuff has always eluded me. Um, I find it very challenging. I always seem to hurt myself when I try to run. I'm just, I'm always like, oh, I'm not a runner. I'm not a runner. Well, anyway, I've been working at it in little ways just on the side for for a while in very little ways and just overall our yoga practice is helping me do that and then um we started uh breathing through our nose a little more and i know that sounds really funny but um it really helped uh because i i i did some research and found that breathing through your nose while you exercise uh, is not only possible but like really 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 helpful and really positive for a variety of reasons and then I was just jogging around our property. That's where I run, just jogging around the Konalani. Um, and I was breathing through my nose. And I wasn't like trying to go fast anymore. I wasn't trying to run a certain length of time or a certain distance. I was just trying to run while breathing through my nose. I know it sounds sort of funny. It's like, why breathing through your nose? What is this about? Well, it changed the whole game changed the whole game. Suddenly it's like, all it was about was if I'm going to jump to our suture right now and, and parallel it, all, it, all it was about was about finding your center and then working to maintain that center while you go through your life. And it doesn't matter how fast you get the dishes done. It doesn't matter how many business deals you close or, you know, how many essays you write um, because it's really the only barometer is your center. And um, 
the other day during Seva, the same thing happened where I've been doing a lot of mantra with the mantranome and I had the mantranome playing, we were shoveling things and I wasn't trying to shovel fast. I wasn't trying to shovel slow. I wasn't thinking about how much shoveling we had yet to do. I was just shoveling at the pace of my mantra and it changed the whole game. Suddenly the only thing that mattered was just doing what I'm doing while doing mantra. And it moved me at a very reasonable pace. Of course, it's not like I was slow as a snail, you know, uh, it was very reasonable. And I felt this opening where I was like, wow, that is what, you know, I'm here to learn, learn about. So when the sutra sort of ends with this uh, statement, that's where it landed for me. That all this can occur with, within the scope of our heart. I'll leave it at that. That reminds me, I, you know, I used to sew for Baba and he used to tell me, he says, listen to your sewing machine. It does mantra. And I, I would get into trying to make it what I was doing, trying to make it right. And it wouldn't come out right or something. He says, just stop and breathe and, and do mantra and, and sew from that point. Exactly. And I bet, was that a fun experience? Did that, did that sort of click for you? And yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like the joy that we're, we think we're seeking from whatever activity it's weird. It's, it, it, as soon as you find that inner rhythm, it's like the joy is right there. Any other comments or questions? Yeah. Pizza. My impression in, in uh, all three stories, your two and Yogita's, is that by either focusing on your breath or the mantra or listening to the sewing machine, the story that habitually runs in your heads has been, it's not there, it's not in the foreground anymore. And it's the story about what's out there that pulls us out. It's it's the narrative that we have running all the time, for the most part, is what pulls us out. I like it. I don't like it. It's hard. I'm tired. <laughs> I don't want to do this. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you for sharing that. That makes total sense to me. That's so helpful. And that's that's the one thing we're in, we have power over, right? Is that narrative. And it ends up being like the one thing that's pulling us out. We think it's the stuff outside. Wow. Thank you. Oh, we have a comment here behind the slide. <laughs> um, I just wanted to share, I know this feeling so well. And um, Wednesday is our day off. So just yesterday. And um, you guys know having a day off feels like this precious thing, right? Where you're like, okay, I have to relax. I have to have fun. I have to clean. I have to do like all the things. And so normally I'm in this kind of story of like rushing of like, we got to get to the beach. Like we got to go. This is our day off. Like, you know, and yesterday I was so relaxed 
and we were at breakfast and we were taking our time and hanging out with Tejavan and drinking coffee and Satyam was like, oh, this is um, so nice that you're just so relaxed. And we had the best day. And it was so different because I wasn't like trying to accomplish something or trying to accomplish everything, but I was just like magically um, in the space of enjoying each thing in a really simple way. And as I walked around like at the beach and like literally like walked on like fallen logs and swam in the water, it wasn't like I did anything special but I just enjoyed it so much more because I was like present for it. So mm. that feels really in line with mm. the quote. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you really, it's like you, you can't just decide to be like that. I feel like it was something you really mm. had to open up to and you have to crave that. It's like, you got to put, it's like, okay, I'm just going to read their notes. I'm just going to do this mantra. I'm just, you know, I'm just going to listen to the sewing machine. And it feels like those, that's what makes the opening. And then you're like, and then the manifestation this time was this relaxing day off. Whereas another time it could be something totally different, right? manifest differently but the internal quality is mm. what we're see what we're going after is the same <laughs> i'm just remembering i didn't know this until this moment but i had a really amazing practice of the Gurgita yesterday where i like felt oh, right. more yeah. devotion than i'm used to feeling during the Gurgita, where i was like oh i'm actually doing the Gurgita. so maybe that like sweet nectar was what helped me just enjoy so thanks for putting the pieces together. Glad I can help. Devotion. <laughs> it's lotion. So anything else before you meditate? Shiva's like, how do I, I mean, Shoshone's like, how do I figure, I want to make a comment. Okay, yeah, Dharma. I'm just thinking of that one, the slide about um, the booms, and then it talked about hunger and being tired and things like that. And I think of, um, I think of those things as like simple needs, like for food and for rest and things like that. And sometimes my um, reactions to things. Um, seem like a mystery to myself, like even my moods or something. But underneath some of those mysteries and thoughts and reactions, like really is like a need expressing itself too. And so I think um, starting to like um, not only be a, a parent to my children, but like be a parent to myself, like my small self and to sort of um, treat myself with that compassion and that sort of like not buying into exactly what I think I need when I probably just need to rest or something like that, right? Yeah. Like Henry, 
will throw things, but he's tired. You know what I mean? And it's like, I do the same thing as an adult. So it's, it's starting to um, have that sort of detached, um, like maturity to just um, not buy in to it and to recognize that, you know, there's some need that's trying to be expressed and sort of um, addressed through something that's going on. And I, and I have a better chance of catching it and, and like bringing compassion to myself if I take that time to do my practice, for instance. Like it's just that practical in a way too. Absolutely. Um, it's, an, it's like you can't just decide to be the parent to yourself. You have to literally invest in that capacity and then suddenly you, you are able to be and you just naturally begin to see through these little masks that we're wearing. You know, I mean, like that picture from before with Shiva, but that little mask, it's like, what if it was that little and we literally are getting fooled by it? And it's just this little mask over this radiant being. And we're like, who could that be? you know and you're like that's like the state we're in when we're in that tired state we like can't see shiva at all and like everything is just overwhelming and the littlest mask is like where am i who's there um so let's invest the last 10 minutes of class in this capacity um take a moment to just uh, you know establish your seat yada yada you got to do that on your own you're jumping right in but let your eyes open for a second and just sort of see the room that you're in, peripheral vision. So you sort of see the whole space that you're in. Imagine for a moment that this entire room you're in is like a set. On a, on a stage. And you are the audience. And let yourself really see through the story that you associate with this room, whatever it is. Maybe the door needs to be fixed or something's the way you relate to that painting or whatever it might be. Just sort of like step back from the whole thing and feel this detached space of the witness. This is how we unmask Shiva. By literally detaching with awareness and then holding that space.
start to associate more with this witness of awareness than with the room, than with the analogy or any of that. You're a practitioner. You can go right to your practice. Picture that nimbus, that space behind the head, that halo on the Tonka paintings. Let your awareness draw back. Let the world in front of you flatten. Feel the quality of your being at a higher dimension than this flattened illusion. This is one part a decision and one part an exercise. The actual holding of your awareness is the work. This is how you unmask Shiva. How you unmask your reality. Let yourself relax while maintaining a link to this space. This is your natural state. As Gita mentioned earlier, everything that pulls us out are our own attachments. So relax and feel this space.
If you prioritize this space, no thought is a distraction. No itch is a distraction. It's all occurring within the space of your awareness. And try to feel here as we come near the end, the quality of your experience. The feeling of being without a mask for a moment. And Try to prioritize this for just the next 30 minutes. Nothing can take this away except for your own desire to take it away. It doesn't mean it's easy but it means it's possible. Thank you everyone for your focus and awareness tonight, namaste. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Halloween. Sitaram, Jay Jay, Sri Ram, Sitaram. 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 Jay Jay, Sri Ram,